Exec Podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. My name is Susan Sellers, and I will be your host for today. Joining me is Lisa Howard from the Barry Robinson Center to discuss how to take a hard year and still make it a great story. Lisa, thanks for coming on the show to chat with me today. Thank you, Susan. It's always a pleasure to be with the MSEC community and definitely get to reconnect with you as well. Well, we're approaching the holiday season. I can't believe it's already December, which, you know, the season typically can be really exciting for so many people, but not for everyone, especially maybe some of our military teens. We're seeing that the impact of COVID in regards to mental health really has been detrimental in so many ways, but the pandemic has also brought some much needed attention to this issue and to the teens that are struggling with it. I couldn't agree with you more and not just me on a personal level, but we're actually seeing data and information come out of organizations such as the Children's Hospital Association, um, the American Academy of Pediatrics, which we both know are extremely knowledgeable organizations, and they have actually called out a sound the alarm or call to crisis in regards specifically to child and adolescent mental health. I think it's important that as parents, as a community, while we may think this is happening, it's good to actually know that it's truly some facts supporting what our instincts are. And right now between um, March of 2020 and October of 2020, in the emergency room, we were seeing an increase by 24% of children between the ages of 5 and 11 and 31% between children in the ages of 12 and 17, specifically with suicide attempts. That is something that we need a pause because when we're talking 2020, these are parents that in the midst of a pandemic took their child to an ER when people were staying at home and not seeking medical treatment. So, you know, there was crisis going on, but let me give you 1 other statistic that came out of the children's hospital association in just the 1st, 6 months of this year, we're seeing a 45% increase in self injurious behavior and suicide cases in the age group of 5 to 17. And that's an increase compared to the same year in at 2019. So clearly we're seeing there's some connection with mental health, our COVID pandemic. But I also wanna say something that may be even unique as well with our military community is the change in mission. We saw the closure within Afghanistan, how that may affected families, missions of supporting the COVID pandemic, community unrest, different things that we have not traditionally seen in our military family communities. So I think these are all factors we need to really pause and look at. Well, I have to agree with you. You know, I think this last year has really been one that I don't think anybody could have anticipated and certainly we will be responding to for years to come. You know, mental health is such a complex topic and can really be overwhelming, frustrating, and unfortunately there's still a stigma associated with it. Your family has actually had their own history of battling mental health. Would you be willing to share some of that story with our listeners today? Absolutely. And if you've heard me either at Mill Spouse Fest or on an MSEC um, webinar, you know that one of the things I, I really truly believe in is 
being transparent within your military community. I also say that being transparent allows you to also pause and go, I wanna be transparent in a safe manner that feels appropriate to me. But our family is a family of four. I've been married to my active duty spouse now for 26 years, and I have a 21-year-old son and a 19-year-old daughter, soon to be 20. And it was about five to six years ago, our son was showing some significant mental health challenges that were beyond the outpatient support system level. And it really put us in a position of what to do next. And we then realized that residential care was gonna be in his plan to get him back on a track that could be bring him stability within his mental health needs. Trying to tackle such a difficult and challenging situation when it comes to mental health, a lot of times you don't know where to turn or you don't know where to start. For you, what was the starting point and how did the military community factor in? So when we got to that level where we were in a mental health crisis requiring residential care, believe it or not, it circled back to a military spouse, a good friend of mine that I had created a relationship with when we were serving at Fort Hood. And about three months prior to this time, she had shared on Facebook that her son, who is also adopted like mine, had needed level of care that was residential. And she talked about this place and how amazing it was really serving her son, but also her entire family. Here we are three months later, I'm thinking, I can't remember the name of this place. Of course, I immediately reach out directly to her, to my friend Tracy, and um, she gave me the name of the Barry Robinson Center. And that's how our story began with them, through a Facebook comment, through a dear friend that I had established and as a friend over the, the many years of us serving. For those that are not familiar with the Barry Robinson Center, can you just give a, a brief overview in, in terms of how it serves the military uh, community and their families? Sure, and, and just to let you guys know too, well, yes, we're an alumni family. About three years ago, I joined them as a staff employee. So I am an employee of the Barry Robinson Center. But what the Barry Robinson Center offers is when a child or adolescent is at that point where they need residential care for mental health, we're talking this is at the point where nothing else is really working. There's possibly been ER visits, acute care stays as, as well. They're providing residential care for military-connected children. And 100% of the children on our campus are all military-connected. We are the only one in the country, possibly the world that I'm aware of, that only serves military-connected children when they need residential care for mental health or behavioral health needs. What also makes us special, even though we're located, our facility is in Norfolk, Virginia, we can bring a military family member in from anywhere in the world, and we have. So we logistically have that relationship to be able to make those things connections work when that's necessary. We have a really healthy relationship with TRICARE to make that possible. And we really take the time to evaluate that individual child's needs to see really where they're at. Is the diagnosis right? Is their medication management correct? what therapeutic tools we can put with that child as well as the entire family to get them back on track to a place where they're healthy and can be functionally getting back home. Well, I have to say that is a tremendous resource for our military families and so special in that you service military connected children because so much 
of our struggles sometimes come from the dynamic of our culture, you know, the dynamic of our life, whether it's transitioning, as you mentioned, or the impact of COVID or other things that are going on. So, in addition to the Barry Robinson Center, what else did you find as being part of a military community was actually beneficial during your struggles with your son? That's a great question. I think it's really important. I like to use the term build your squad and throughout a military career of 26 years with my husband serving that squad has evolved from before we had children to my children when they were just teeny tiny and small and as they grew into teenagers and now both young adults. But one of the things I've learned is we all have different unique um, seasons of life. And it, again, it was during this beginning time of our crisis when Lucas was in residential care that another military spouse, somebody that I had known way back before babies, I had reached out to privately sharing an update of what was going on. And she goes, I have a friend who I think's daughter had spent some time there as well. Come to lo and behold, find out we were only living three miles apart. And my dear friend, Kathy, who I've shared a podcast with before on this subject, became a part of that squad and now she's really part of my lifeline and i think that's important that it's okay to seek out relationships often go back to those squad members those good friends that you have deep trusted roots with and say hey this is going on do you know of somebody and that's important to build those relationships when you're in the midst of this as you said, transparency is so important and looking for help and trying to find support. And I completely agree with you being connected to the military. It's so much more than just being part of an organization. It's as we discussed, it, it's a community, it's a culture. And in a lot of ways, our community is actually our family or extended family. So how can we support our military families in our community that maybe are struggling right now? You know, I'm talking a lot about myself in my community, but it's important that we talk about our military spouse who is needing their support during this time as well. And I have to say, my husband at the time was working at the Pentagon. Our, our son was going into this, you know, residential program. We didn't have the tools to know exactly how this was gonna function. And he went into his boss and he said, hey, sir, I gotta let you know this is going on. It was his uh, very senior leader that said, hey, Paul, you need to walk across the hall. You need to talk to so-and-so. I think they've had a similar journey. And it was really Paul's transparency with his boss at that point that we have developed some, he has developed, I should say, a team of people that he's been able to um, talk with who've walked this journey while serving in uniform and serving successful. So I think it's important that we just don't look at in the home as the spouse and the kids, but we remember our service members going through this crisis as well. But back to when you were talking about where in the community we can look, you know, we often today we have social media, we have Facebook groups, we have our EFMP resources on post, um, depending on what your service branch is, they have different names and um, service organizations. I think, you know, just, just take your time, let yourself breathe, but reach out. Different branches have different opportunities to support your family in these times. Also, remember, you might be receiving your mental health services on post on base, or you might be receiving them off post. Don't forget to talk to those providers. They may have resources you're unaware of. 
I think that's great advice and I really like that you brought up about the service member and that this is truly a family struggle. It's not an individual struggle. So coming together as a family and finding your support systems, whatever that might be and what form that may look into. So in addition to building your squad and being transparent, for our listeners, baby, who are struggling right now with a child that has mental health issues, what additional advice would you give? Well, first and foremost, I have to always remind our audience and our community, never hesitate to use emergency services. If your child is exhibiting behaviors of self-harm or harm towards others that are truly beyond your control, use your emergency services. It's very humbling. I have personally had to do it. I've done ER trips. Um, my good friend Kathy was the one that, while I'm sitting in an ER with my son, you know, said, hey, do you got a bra on and a toothbrush? And I was like, uh, oh yeah, you know? I yeah. mean, that is important. I say that too, because it is, it is hard, but if you need that, use it. It's very important. Also, um, reaching out into our community, when I say be transparent, it's also okay to be safe in that. If you're not ready to say, you know, this is Lisa Howard and this is my story, it's okay to be anonymous. It's okay to be a little generic in how you ask for help out there. But it is important to reach out. And what you're going to find, especially when you ask that squad, do you know somebody that's walked this path? somebody will know someone and it's okay. You are not alone in this. I'm proud to say I have seen the stigma decrease over time in just my three years at the Barry Robinson Center and talking with community leaders, military leadership. I'm seeing that people are wanting our families to ask for that help because to be a successful service member, you need to be transparent and get the help your family needs. Well, and I know you and I had talked about this during our planning meeting for this podcast, and you had brought up something I thought that was really interesting, and I would love for you to sort of touch upon that. You know, we've talked about building your squad, but you acknowledge that sometimes during this journey, your squad's going to change, and you need to recognize that and understand that that's okay, that you're going to maybe be building relationships that look different than what you have right now. Can you go over that just a little bit more? Sure. Like I said, I had two people come into my life through mental health. They're now, our, you know, my friend Tracy in the, in the beginning and now my friend Kathy, who without this crisis and another military spouse leading me to her, that would not have happened. Yes, often we, as military spouses, we love to be a, a meal deliverer, help with childcare, but it's very different when you've shared the experience. I can bring a casserole to a family member that um, is maybe going through cancer, but I have not personally. And so I need to be able to give that casserole, handle it over and say, do you need another meal next week? But I can't say to her, I know how you feel. I don't, I don't know how they feel. That's the same with mental health. Be, if you are got a friend that's going through this and you haven't walked it, deliver the casserole, watch the little ones if there's other kids in the household. But if you know somebody that has walked this journey, pass that new friend over because you're only building that person's support system that will truly benefit them. I think that's such a profound piece of advice that I think 
everybody could certainly benefit from, particularly when they're going through whatever struggle their family is experiencing at the moment. And Lisa, I don't know if you know this, but we like to end our podcast with the phrase, live a great story. So how can you take a hard year and still make it a great story? Well, life is a day-by-day experience. And now we're in the Christmas card, holiday card season. And like I'd like to say, since we've talked about squads and a hard year, still send those cards. Now, for some people, you're going to send a card. You're going to sign your family's name, wish them 2022 to be a fabulous year. And that's okay. Lick that envelope. If we're allowed to lick envelopes, I can't remember what the whole pandemic rule is anymore. Send it out. But for those close, deep friends and family members that have been with you over this last year, add the letter. Add the letter of thanks. Add the letter of appreciation. Be honest. Be transparent. They, too, have had a hard year. You've shared their journey over the year. And so that's kind of how I've looked at it. When I've kind of self-evaluate as I've gotten older, sometimes we just send a card, and that's always fun to get in the mailbox. Sometimes add the letter. And I know 2022 year is going to look different and i'm encouraged to move forward because that's all we can do we can move forward and learn from last year well and i think it's also important to remember everything does have a season and as you said you know we're looking at day to day it's almost like chapters in a book so we can try to look forward to the next chapter in our lives and as we close though i would love for you to share why is it so important for you to talk about your family's experiences and to discuss this very sensitive topic of mental health with our military community? Well, I definitely want to make sure that nobody feels alone out there. I want them to know that you can continue to serve your country even in the midst of mental health crisis. There are resources for your family to do that and be successful. And it's really important if you or a friend or a community member is struggling with a child with severe mental health, please reach out to the Barry Robinson Center. You can find us at www.barryrobinson.org. There you can find more information about us. You can put in an online inquiry. If you want to just reach out to me directly, you can do that through them. They'll get a hold of me. It's really important that we have this resource, I often call it in our toolbox, because you may never need it, but your next door neighbor might. Or if your spouse is serving right now and they come home and what do we do? We talk, we share, and they say, we got a soldier family that's really struggling. You can say, hey, I know of a resource for you to take back to work. We are each other's best support system. Always, every Blue Star family survey, every NMFA survey always says a spouse goes to a spouse for a resource. So you be the resource for somebody when it comes to mental health. Well, I truly appreciate your agreeing to share your experiences with us today. I have to say, I just hope that your courage and transparency is going to give someone support for their unknown future. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me and and happy new years to everybody. 2022 is going to be exciting. I look forward to hearing your stories moving forward as well. And I'd like to close by encouraging all of us to look past the holiday card pictures and 
really check in and connect with our family and friends. You've been listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. Until next time, live a great story.